Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. I'm always habitually astounded by the interest people show in the Arizona Coyote situation. I'm just stunned. The Coyote's sending out a statement Wednesday night. We have already launched an investigation to determine how this could have happened. But it appears to be the result of an unfortunate human error. Could this actually happen with a pro team? Yes, it could. Yes, they could be that stupid. Or they could think that you're that stupid. This is human error. What do you mean? This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Howdy-do, everybody. Welcome to uh, Daytime Sports Talk. We are on the air on the Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube, and uh, 24-7 Listen Live Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Boy, uh, the people are into it already. Welcome to your favorite uh, Daytime Sports Talk show. Phone smoking here. Just before we went to air, I I got the poll tweeted. And although it is a... Although it is a... Flame Tech Football Friday. It's a hockey question today. Just just under the wire, Mark and I were going over what should we tweet today. And I, I always like to uh, do the Jedi mind trick on you. And although it's Football Friday, I'm like, let's go with a hockey question. So right out of the gate, the Capital Automall Universal Collision Center poll question is this. Do the Edmonton Oilers need a shakeup? And right out of the gate. Have we even been on the air a minute? 75% of respondents say no, the Edmonton Oilers do not need a shakeup despite their fourth consecutive loss on Thursday night. So uh, while we broadcast from gorgeous South Florida, let's bring in the other half of the show, the lovely and talented Ted Lasso lookalike. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle in the bunker and ta-da! How about that? <laughs> when did you oh, do no. that? <laughs> Last night. Last what? night. Yeah. I already had a Zoom call with you this morning. I didn't even notice. Were you wearing glasses and a mustache disguise? <laughs> no, I wasn't, but I did it last night. It's funny. Uh, yeah, so I just, I just, I decided, you know what? I was trimming it up last night, and I didn't like the way I trimmed it up. I'm like, you know what? You just did it. Well, so here we are. Good to see you. You Thank look you. very mature. There's something, there's something different about you. You look lighter. How heavy was that mustache? I know, right? It was about three pounds. <laughs> um, hey, listen, it is a Flame Tech Football Friday coming up on the program today. Eddie Steele of Sportsnet's CFL coverage, our longtime friend, Grey Cup champion. He'll be with us in hour one, in hour two, because Moose has to adjourn for a very important meeting. We'll be joined from, by the sports doctor from Winnipeg. He can always talk 
uh, Jets, Blue Bombers, and Vikings because he is a season ticket holder of the uh, the Purple. And James Duffy will be with us as well. He is the host of TSN's Great Cup coverage, and you've been watching him hosting the panel from the West Division playoff games the last couple of weeks. Uh, and let's not belabor it any longer. Let's jump into the uh, quick six show topics, please. If you don't mind, Director Jordan, it's a, it's a hot, hot topic. And, of course, because it is a Flame Tech football Friday, the balance of the show is going to be football, obviously. But I got some hockey topics I want to get to. James Duffy is also the host of the NHL Insider Trading and all the rest. So we'll get into some hockey with Duffy. But I notice Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, Nelson Hakowicz writing in, and he says, the CFL State of the League had great promise today. The partnership and potential with Genius Sports is huge. The fact the CFL restricted itself and started a venture group shows that work has been done. That is like mumbo-jumbo and gibberish to a lot of our viewers, what Nelson just said. And so that's my first point. I'm going to spend a just very brief topic, a minute on this topic, which is the CFL State of the League address at Grey Cup this morning. Then I'll move on to hockey. And then we'll come back in the second segment, Darren, and spend more time on what the commissioner had to say. I'm glad that Nelson was very excited about the Canadian Football League's new partnership with Genius Sports. From what I could tell, I'd never heard of it until this morning. It's some sort of content delivery platform. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm glad that Nelson's excited because I did not watch the State of the Union this morning. I had another meeting that I was attending uh, here in Florida. And so I followed Arash Madani's Twitter feed. And if you're looking for positivity with regards to the CFL, don't follow Arash's Twitter feed. Because I, I feel like what Nelson was watching and what Arash were watching was two completely different things. Because following what Arash was tweeting out of that Commissioner's State of the Union address was a whole lot of nothing. Other than saying we've fixed the business model, we're open to change. Ambrosi met with the fans apparently afterwards and said, "Ah, hey, we'd love to have a video game, but it's not a priority right now. Which is what we hear every year. I don't hear much different coming out of what Ambrosi said this morning other than we're open to change. Which they have said for quite some time. And also that we've fixed the business model. So... That was my take on that. I, I didn't I didn't come away with the positivity that Nelson did. Moving on to point two, okay? The NHL's Board of Governors meetings are here in South Florida, and the NHL announced on Thursday an enhanced training program for employees at its Board of Governors meetings after an investigation uncovered disturbing details of sexual abuse endured by Chicago Blackhawks prospect Kyle Beach more than a decade ago. Commissioner Gary Bettman said the board will discuss the Olympics and the Arizona Coyotes' outstanding debts with the city of Glendale today at the meetings in Malapalan. It's not where I am. They normally meet here. They're not. They're 23K south. I looked that up, Moose, where they're okay. at. Um, this Arizona Coyotes' outstanding debt situation seems to be an evolving story because by late Thursday, the owners wrote a check to the city of Glendale, and then we found out that they owe more money in other places around the Valley of Arizona. So they're discussing that today, and boy, would I love to be a fly on the wall of that meeting, the NHL's Board of Governors. How are we going to handle this Arizona situation? My, I think they should jersey the owner. Smart up. <laughs> Pay your bills. That's what I think. That, that's the old-fashioned way, but I don't know that they do that anymore. And the board voted unanimously to approve Fenway Sports Group's purchase of a controlling interest in the Pittsburgh Penguins. So out of all those notes out of the NHL Board of Governors, and before I move on to Thursday night's NHL highlights, 
highlight games. Do you have anything that you'd like to add, Moose? Do the owners have their own mafia, you know, in a back alley somewhere oh, with the club, and it's probably raining, you know, um, oh, where, yeah. they can, where they can take, you know, owners that are misbehaving and feed them a little beating and get them straightened out? Um, we'll see. It's the way they used to handle it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this comes out with with the Coyotes situation because that's kind of imminent if they're talking about December 20th as a deadline. Um, we will find out more about that. The Olympics is interesting too. Will they send the players over, um, you know, amidst, you know, varying concerns and that type of thing with COVID and, and whatever else? That'll be kind of interesting to see if that comes down. The the policy on the on the harassment, the 90-minute training Video, I believe, that they're working with uh, Sheldon Kennedy's team to put together. I think that's really awesome. I think that's good. You know, I, I've seen the social media comments scoffing at it, being like, this is going to be nothing more than, you know, a training video at McDonald's. You think they're actually paying attention to those 17-year-old kids before they run the fryer? Probably not, you know, but it's a good step, and it's a start, and it's, it's everything you need to do. You need to address it and put some actual policy in place. Words aren't enough. So I think that's all really, really Really good stuff. Uh, for sure. But as a guy that works in that industry, uh, and I'm talking about the recovery industry, uh, it's from the NHL side. Hey, we'll put out the training video. Whether you pay attention or not is on you, but we've yeah. done our part. That's kind of what it comes down to, right? Yeah. If they didn't pay attention to the training video that we put them in front of, that's their problem, not ours. We're covered. That's what I, I take out of that. Yeah. The games, point three. Marc-Andre Fleury has joined some elite goaltending company. He turned aside 27 shots for his 500th career win as the visiting Chicago Blackhawks posted a 2-0 victory in Montreal. Only Marty Brodeur and Patrick Waugh have reached that milestone. Interesting, all three goalies are from Quebec. The Calgary Flames' lead atop the Pacific Division is down to a single point after a 2-1 overtime loss to Carolina, coupled with Anaheim's 2-1 win over Columbus, Sebastian Aho scored both goals for the Hurricanes. By the way, who said that the Ducks were going to be something? This guy. And it's interesting because Jeff Kozak, good friend of mine, I was surfing Facebook this morning. He says, uh, note to self and to all who needs to hear it, don't go into the saddle dome and cheer for Carolina. And I'm thinking, come on, Jeff, you're smarter than that. Don't go into any venue and cheer for the other team. Come on, you're just asking for... Problems. And here's my question to the viewers here right now, because we are the most interactive sports talk show in the world. That's a fact. What is your experience with going into the opposition venue? And obviously, I've got a million professionally going in with my te my teams to work. But going in as a fan, when I was a Dallas Stars fan, when my dad was working for them for 26 years, I was a staunch Dallas Stars fan. Staunch. I had every jersey. I went to their games in the Bermuda Triangle when they were the road team. And one night in Edmonton, uh, we, of course, stars were good. Oilers weren't. Right? So the yeah. stars are winning, and I'm standing up in Rexall. And people are like, ah, sit down, you loser. But nobody really, nobody really threw anything at me or was that rude. But then I was with my good friend Chris Winkler in between periods, and I was still drinking back then. And I spilled beer down myself all over my jersey underneath and some water fans just walked by and they said serve you right i think somebody might have bumped me that's what i think happened darren i can't yeah. remember it was foggy that night <laughs> but um but i knew going into edmonton wearing a stars jersey that i would be like a fish swimming upstream and i relished it yeah you know i i still kind of do in some regards not as much as i used to 
But do you have an incident where you went in cheering for the road team and of course. got a hostile welcome? Where? Um, well, I always would make the trip to Edmonton um, as a Leaf fan. So I've done that for, you know, two or three years now. I haven't done the last, obviously, the pandemic. But um, that's been my experience. And that's pretty heated because that Edmonton-Toronto thing is really heated. Toronto's kind of, you know, always been... We talked about the networks having lots of Leafs coverage and all of this, but then the Oilers have been good with McDavid and whatnot. So, but when I go into opposition rinks, I'm not the guy who wears the jersey and the hat and the scarf and the foam finger as an opposition. I'll go really subtle when I'm going into a visiting building. If I was going into, you know, um, Scotiabank Arena, I'd, I'd wear the jersey, but I'd wear maybe, you know, a, a, a sweater with the, with the one logo, or I just wear a hat. I, I kind of keep it subtle and simple. I still cheer for the team, have a good time. And I've had no issues. It's been, it's been fun. Well, and I see from our uh, viewers, they've got some comments. Randolph in Ontario says, how about cheering for the visiting team in your own home stadium? I don't know why you would do that. That's giving me a headache. I don't understand. I don't know why you would do that. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says going into a visiting stadium is never a problem unless you are asking for it, at least in Canada. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I want to hear. Like, why would you cheer for the visiting team in your own stadium? I, I guess that it, it happens. I would like to hear from those people. I would guess that would be something along the lines of if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan living in Edmonton. So you go into Edmonton, that's where you live. But as a Montreal Canadiens fan, your stadium would be the Bell Center, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I know of Calgary Stampeders fans that live in the sweat, sweatpants capital and have gone to Calgary at Saskatchewan games and gotten a rude welcome. Some have gotten beaten up in the bathroom. But I've often said, don't wear a red jersey in here. Well, what are, you, what, what are you thinking? That's just dumb. You're asking for it if you do that. I was asking for it in Edmonton, but I knew that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You get what you get. Um, Janice, watching on YouTube, says, I'm a Stamps fan who holds Elks season tickets. I wear red and white to every game and cheer for the Stamps when they're in town. I'm prepared. Friendly taunts and be respective. Edmonton, I've I've often found they are a very welcoming community sports-wise. Even when I went in there with the Rough Riders working, I've, I've often said to you, Darren, how first class we were treated by the Eskimos, yeah. by the fans. That's an Edmonton thing. Um, where the heck is it? Uh, Carlos Legena watching in Indianapolis says, I've cheered for the away team a number of times. There was some moderate ribbing, but nothing I couldn't handle. And Jordan watching on YouTube regarding the orders uh, says the orders need to go and get Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury. Start with Broberg and go from there. That's the poll question today. Do the Edmonton Oilers need a shakeup? Last I looked, 25% of respondents on Twitter saying, no, they don't need a shakeup. And I don't think they need a shakeup either. I, I'm not a proponent of them needing a shakeup. But one thing I've noticed is the orders have lost four in a row. I follow a lot of Oilers fans on Twitter, and they're not even saying anything. I feel like they're they're so stunned and on pins and needles right now. They don't know what to say. That's yeah. the sense that I get. Yep. So there's that. So I've gone through Thursday. Listen, it's all going to be all football next segment, so I want to read this before we go to break. Elsewhere last night, Winnipeg Jets beat Seattle 3-0. If you've noticed, all is good in Jets land now. They're all happy in Manitoba today. Holy up and down like the toilet seat. 
And the Oilers, have I, as I said, have lost four in a row after a 3-2 defeat to visiting Boston. And by the way, if they do need a shakeup, I'm saying, I mean, goaltending, clearly they don't think they need one. They just think they need Mike Smith to get healthy. Go get Jake DeBrusque if you need a shakeup. He wants out of Boston, which means the Bruins' leverage is down. Jake's an Edmonton kid. Bob's your uncle. And the other thing on the goaltending situation, by the way, they lost the goaltending battle last night. The Oilers fired 43 shots at the Boston net and couldn't win. Chris Jones. Chris, write this down, Moose, and all of you that want a little lesson in sports. Chris Jones said, when you're building a pro team, you want your players, the, the meat of the roster, to be in their mid to late 20s. Now, he said pro football, but I think it translates to any pro league. Do you know why he says mid to late 20s, Darren? Any idea? Why? Why? Because old guys get hurt and young guys make stupid mistakes. Rookies and guys in their first year contracts, first contracts make dumb mistakes. The guys in their late 20s are, they don't get hurt and they're smart enough. They've been through the rookie mistakes. So think about that for a second. Mike Smith is hurt as is Duncan Keith. Selection camp for the Canadian junior men's hockey team open Thursday in Calgary, minus four players, including one who will not participate in the upcoming tournament. Defenseman Jack Thompson of the Sudbury Wolves was among 35 players initially invited to Calgary, but was uninvited by Hockey Canada because of COVID-19 protocols. University of Michigan forward Kent Johnson's arrival was delayed because of COVID-19 issues as well. He'll join the Canadian team for pre-competition camp next week in Banff. Hockey Canada needed both Thompson of Curtis, Ontario, and Johnson of Fort Moody, B.C. to quarantine for 14 days before joining the team. Peterborough Pete's forward Mason McTavish and Charlottetown Islanders defenseman Lucas Cormier didn't skate Thursday. McTavish awaited the results of a COVID test, and Cormier's flight to Calgary was delayed. Both players are expected on the ice today in Calgary. Canada opens the 10-country World Junior Men's Tournament in Edmonton and Red Deer on Boxing Day against the Czech Republic at Rogers Place. The medal games will also be played there on January 5th. This has been the warm-up. When we come back, NFL Thursday Nighter and loads and loads and loads of Grey Cup 108 talk. So stick around. We'll be right back. This has been the warm-up. You're watching the RP Show Daytime Sports Talk on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It's the RP Show daytime sports talk at its finest. It really is. And ball for all now, as promised. As promised. We bring the moose in here. Look, I got so many things going on, you have no idea. I'll just tell you that it is Flame Tech Football Fridays, brought to you by Flame Tech, locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. Shout out to our dude, Denton from Flame Tech, who loves his ball and sponsors these Flame Tech Football Fridays every week. And of course, we're brought to you by Tough Tribe for Men. Contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants, traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We love our men. Welcome to the Tough Tribe, available today at toughtribeformen.com, Amazon Canada, 
and coming soon to a salon near you. Remember it, Tough Tribe. Just to give you an idea, Darren, a college scout has DM'd me, and I'm not, not going to give you his name. That'll remain private, but he's like, good day, Rod, but on the road recruiting. Says, what's your predictions on Sunday's game? Getting in a workout before the recruits get to campus. I'll be listening. Been told next week to expect a lot of shakeups in the CFL. We will see, I guess. And that's from a guy here in the States. But everybody's following the CFL very closely. And uh, by the way, we'll get to the Thursday night NFL game, plus your NFL picks for the weekend before this break is uh, this section's over. Okay. So, note to the guys in the back to have that ready. All right. But, so the coach is listening. If for anybody, if for anything else, we got the coach listening here in the States. And, uh, and I know there's a lot of people hanging on this Flame Tech Football Friday talk. So, the commissioner of the CFL spoke this morning. And to be honest, great timing. I went into uh, Twitter in the break. The article's up at 3downnation.com right now from Justin Dunk about what the commissioner had to say this morning. I don't know if you saw it in the break or not, but if you didn't, I'll cover it. Randy Ambrosi saying that the owners have agreed to revenue sharing for the first time in 40 years. Uh, and keeping in full mind, I didn't watch the Ambrosi news conference this morning, but I followed Arash's Twitter, which was frankly probably more entertaining. In that article, okay, Darren, and I listen closely because I want your take on this too. Ambrosi said the owners have committed to holding each other accountable. Two days in a row where I'm going to say, <coughs> you're going to now hold each other accountable? Now? He says, frankly, they've come through COVID with a fixed business model that's going to fix the uh, foundation of the league, a very, very strong foundation for the CFL moving forward. And let me just say this. There's no reason to expect the CFL is going to die. They've made it through COVID. So why would we think they would die now? Ambrosi did say that they're open to change, but I don't believe that they are. I don't believe that they're open to change. Nope, never have been. So why would they be now? And I think... I love the game. I mean, there was some talk about scoring being down and the pace of the game. And Randy said they would look at the CFL games. Fine. It's, it's always been fine. What have I said for years? The CFL knows football. They don't know, obviously, business and marketing. <laughs> That's football's fine. Coaches are great. Players are great. That's not an issue. But, you know, the sports betting. There was a few reporters that held Ambrosi's feet to the fire this morning at the State of the Union saying, where's the, where's the money going to come from betting? And Randy allegedly said, uh, it's not all about the money. It's about fan engagement. And I don't think that was the plan going in. That's not the way they talked initially. So I guess my summation of it all is I've been to 20 CFL State of the League addresses by six different commissioners. And I'm tired of we're going to do this and we're going to do that. I'm about ready to see some results. Yeah. Not not we're going to do this, we're going to do. I'm tired of we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to. I'm tired of it. So until I see some results, uh, I'm I'm not, I'm not buying much of what Randy Ambrosi said today and I'm a Randy Ambrosi fan. And furthermore, that coach said hearing rumblings of big changes across the CFL next week. And Darren, don't be that guy. You've heard those rumblings too cuz you told me. <laughs> 
Of course. You know, and, and it's important <clears throat> to understand that change is coming. You know, and, and when you feel change coming, change always happens after a season's over, too. Coaches start moving around. Things start happening. But this feels a little bigger than that. You know, it feels like, you know, that the change is going to be more substantial. And this is coming from people that I trust um, really explicitly. Um, when you feel change coming and you feel a little bit of heat, whether that's on the ownership groups, whether Randy's feeling some heat, whatever, you want to reassure people that everything's going to be okay so that they don't panic and they don't make changes and nothing crazy happens. So you want to reassure people that everything's going to be okay. Now, everything you said sounds good. If the business model's fixed and it's a rock-solid foundation for the future, cool. And I know words are words, and I talk a lot. I talk a a big game, sure, you know, in certain things. But what does that mean? We have a rock-solid foundation, you know, have you cleaned? Have you changed something? Has the budget's been changed? Have you altered your, your strategy and your business model? I'd like some specifics on what that means so that we can get excited uh, on how we're going to move forward. You know, I also wonder, how are you going to keep all these ownership groups and all the different owners accountable? How are we going to hold them accountable? Are we going to start having fines for You're them? Not. You You're know, not. And for what? And for what behavior? What's the problematic behavior? Nothing specific. So... You know, and I know it was for the fans and you want to put the fans in a good mood and keep them positive. And we're getting going to be entering season ticket renewal phase here coming up early in the new year. And we want the fans feeling good so that they trust the league and want to spend the money. And so those are all things I would expect to be said. But is there going to be action behind it? That's the question. From the viewers, Janice in Edmonton says longtime fans are also tired of the same story year after year in the state of the league address. We want more. Mike Horrigan in Toronto says Ambrosi rarely says anything, in my opinion, like he speaks, but no information is revealed. From Carlos in Indianapolis, I doubt Ambrosi was going to give a doom and gloom State of the League address. No, he doesn't. Christine, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, says the Riders made a large donation to the community. They must be in pretty good shape. <sighs> Chris, I'm sure they're rolling in dough. They must be. They have to be. Chris in King City, Ontario says the CFL is a collection of little empires. That kind of thinking has to change. Earl James on YouTube. Ambrosi congratulated himself mostly by the sounds of it. So, uh, <laughs> Earl James says reading Madani's tweets about Ambrosi's presser doesn't fill me with confidence. To the viewer that said he's not going to give a doom and gloom press conference. No, but in 2019, 2018, Edmonton Grey Cup, I was there. And Randy, actually, I was sitting in the front row, and he specifically signaled me out. He's like, I was talking to Rod in the lobby, and I said, and this is true. Uh, he goes, we're heading into some stormy waters here. This was 2018. Nobody saw COVID coming. Right. We got a lot of problems here. That was the day they announced the Global Initiative 2.0. So I guess as we sit here today, the league is still operating. That is the, that's the plus. But other things that came out of the news conference this morning with the commissioner, the salary cap's not going up. Salaries aren't going up. Ambrosi was asked, is this inane coaches and staff cap going to be disbanded? Didn't give an answer on that. So you're a business owner, Darren. Maybe, maybe you think that's a good thing. The, uh, 
cap and restrictions on coaching and football operations staff? I, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You and I talked, and we talk a lot. We talk a lot about the business of this show. We follow other programs. We follow what's going on in Canada, what's going on in the U.S. We look around. We see what people are doing successfully. We see what people aren't. Everybody has a different, you know, um, approach to business too. Some are really conservative and just want, you know, to make a little, spend a little, make a little more, spend a little, and and live within their means and do really great. Others have more risk and they want to spend, 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 spend and have the huge, huge payoff at the end. We talked about that even this morning, you know, in our conversations. Um, So the coach's cap, do I like it? It's responsible if you only want to be here. If you want to be up here, then you have to do certain things and act like you want to be up here, which might mean being willing to take some losses for a longer period of time and have the stomach for the road, that bumpy road, to get there. It's not easy. But all the great ones can take that. You know, um, I look at the NFL has done that over the years early on. I look at what Jerry Jones did in Dallas or Vince McMahon with the WWF, now the WWE, right? All these, these leaders that have gone through rocky roads to get where they are. Um, is the CFL willing to do that? Are they willing to continue to deal with losses to operate as a league that can get up to here? Or is it about controlling expenses, getting everything in order, and just having a league that lives right here? Yeah, that's the thing. We all watch, pray for the best. Games are on TV. Things must be awesome. Uh, The CFL will hand out its awards for the 2021 season tonight in Hamilton. Montreal running back William Stanback and Winnipeg quarterback Zach Caleros are the finalists for the league's Outstanding Player Award. Calgary's John Cornish was the last running back to win the award in 2013, if you remember, the MVP. To the NFL, in the time we have left in this segment, uh, Thursday nighter, the Minnesota Vikings held on to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-28 by forcing an incomplete pass in the end zone on the final play. Ben Roethlisberger's throw to Pat Fryamuth was on target, but Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith sandwiched the rookie tight end at just the right moment to dislodge the ball. Chase Claypool, the sophomore from Coquitlam, B.C., roasted by analysts, including Ryan Clark on ESPN this morning, for getting up and celebrating a first down on the drive. Took five seconds off the clock. Claypool blamed his teammate. Figure that one out. A lot of drama on Thursday Night Football. Looking ahead to the rest of Week 14, Darren, you've got your picks for BetRegal.net plus the prop bet of the week from Nelson Vo, our content creator. What do you got this weekend for NFL picks? Well, first, are we going to show George Yanitsis Thursday Night Football? I love that you got that on, the, uh, on our Instagram story. I don't think the guys pulled it from Instagram. We didn't prep them for this. But um, Georgie from the Four Seasons in his... Vikings Tucon right behind Michael Irvin at his head poking out. And then he was messaging on Twitter this morning because I feel for Vikings fans, man, the stress they got to deal with. Okay. Picks time. Um, I could go back and forth on a couple of these, but let's start in Tampa at home against the struggling Buffalo bills. Just three points right now. I would take Tampa to cover the spread. It's just a field goal. I think Tom has figured out that Gronk is back. His safety blanket is there. So I will take uh, Tampa to cover that um, by just three points. Now, Baltimore, at if you're giving me points for the Baltimore Ravens going into Cleveland, I'm going to take that on the road, plus two and a half. I think, you know, you look at coaching 
And Harbaugh is one of the best in the National Football League. Now coming off a loss, I think they're going to be extra focused and motivated. They let that game slip away last week against Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson um, is still finding his way, but they're up and down. So they were down last week. They'll be up this week on the road against a struggling Cleveland Browns team. And this is the one I could go back and forth on. I picked San Francisco minus a point and a half on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo has had a really good season. And they're a good football team that just can't get out of their own way. The game against Seattle, I, I don't get it. They, they played a pretty decent football game, I thought, overall, but just couldn't find a way to win key mistakes. San Fran's good. They're on the road against Cincinnati, who, who took a beating last week against the Chargers. Now, two things to watch for Cincinnati as you get towards Sunday. Joe Burrow's questionable, and so is Joe Mixon, the running back, with the neck injury. So watch for those. If those two can play or can't play, that'll determine, you know, maybe where you, where you decide to bet. But as of today, I'm going with San Francisco. Uh, and Nelson's prop bet of the week, I don't see it. Oh, I think you got to scroll up. There we go. Tyreek Hill, over 77.5 receiving yards against Vegas. Kansas is a 10-point favorite in that game. So Tyreek Hill expecting to have a breakout game. Nice job, Moose. Make your bets for free at betregal.net. Click on Play Free Sportsbook. Your duties are done for the day. Have a great weekend, sir. We'll see you Monday. Hey, sounds good. Thank you. Grey Cup champion and Sportsnet analyst Eddie Steele joins us next from the 108th Grey Cup in Hamilton. You're watching the RP Show. Daytime sports talk on Game Plus Television, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's the RP Show. Daytime sports talk coming at you on Game Plus Television, live across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Streaming on YouTube and listen live at rodpeterson.com. Eddie Steele is a longtime friend of ours, nine-year CFL veteran, Grey Cup champion. He is now on Team Sportsnet, and he joins us from the Hammer 108th Grey Cup. We got so much to unpack with Eddie. He's looking fresh. What's going on? You got a job interview this afternoon, Eddie? What's with the suit? <laughs> and, uh, you know how it is, man. I got to put my best foot forward when I'm on the big screen. Oh, uh, good for you. Okay, so before we get into how this all came about, what's your report from Great Cup, man? How you feeling? What's what's the vibe? It's uh, it's been pretty awesome, uh, and you know it's pretty neat to be on this side of things. I've played in a Great Cup, uh, and I've actually gone to a couple Great Cups as a fan. But then to be on the, on the media side of things, it's pretty neat to see how things work and how they they operate. Um, you know, it's it's been an exciting week. Uh, both teams uh, pretty fired up, saying and doing all the right things. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be a heck of a matchup. So I'm really excited for it. Well, listen, before we go any further, the viewers all want to know how this came about. For those that don't know, you were an Edmonton radio analyst there, made some th said some things the team didn't like, you were let go. And with it, was it just last week you were named to the Sportsnet crew? <laughs> what happened in between? Uh, you know, uh, I'm very fortunate. Just the opportunity came about. Uh, Arash Madani, him and I have a, a little bit of a relationship prior to us doing our work together here. And uh, he had reached out in the past. It had been uh, Trevor Lule who was doing 
the uh, the gig here with him. And uh, tr uh, Trevor was uh, down in the states, and uh, or sorry, Travis, my mistake. He's down in the states, and he wasn't able to to make it up. And uh, he reached out, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty awesome opportunity. And I feel very fortunate and very blessed that the opportunity came my way. And it just goes to show you that um, even during some some bad times, like what happened with the firing from uh, Ched, uh, another opportunity presents itself. So you can't stay down on the bad times, and uh, you just got to keep persevering. Yeah, good for you, Eddie. Well, I'm proud of you, man. And everything does happen for a reason. And I also knew that you knew that it was Travis Lule because you chased him around for years. So anyways, um, <laughs> about the matchup, I guess I'll ask you now your prediction. Like, what are you going to be watching for Sunday? And then how do you think it's going to unfold? The biggest thing is this game is going to be won and lost in the trenches. We all know what Winnipeg does and their strength and their not going to try and shy away from it. They want to run the ball and be physical with their offensive line. So it's going to be up to Hamilton to try and nullify that. And they're going to have to, it's really going to be bully ball. And you're going to have to show up with your big boy pads on. And you're going to have to try and, for lack of a better term, punch them in the face because that's what Winnipeg is trying to do to you. So you want to be the hammer, not the nail, as the old football coaches would say. And if you can stop Winnipeg, from getting into second and short positions because that's where they make their bread. Uh, they get, uh, you know, some pretty good production in first down with Andrew Harris. Say he runs a six, seven, eight-yard run. Well, then Winnipeg has so much options. They can either hand the ball off again. They can go play action. Um, and then as a defensive coach and a player, you start to overthink things because Winnipeg has you right where they want you because, say, it's second and two and you're preparing for a play action or another run, well, then Winnipeg can surprise you and they can take a deep shot. And that's exactly how their offense works. And they don't go away from it. They, I love it, actually, because they have this mentality like, we're going to do what we do, <clears throat> and it's up to you to try and stop us. And they don't try and change anything. So, yeah, that's, that's really where the game is going to be won and losses in the trenches. And Hamilton's defensive line, they really have to show up and they have to, to have a big game. Um, one thing that I did notice at practice today, and uh, I saw someone tweet out about it too, uh, Ted Laurent wasn't out on the field, and I don't know where he was, and someone I saw on Twitter, uh, something was up with his appendix. I, I have no idea what's going on, but he wasn't out, so that's a, a huge, huge key to Hamilton's defensive line. One sec, bro. I got oh, someone got knocking on right. the door behind me. Someone's walking on my door behind me. Go One ahead. Sec. Go ahead. Can I, I get five minutes? No, please leave the camera on. Let's see. Can I, can I just get five minutes? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> just say, I just need some towels. I when we're good. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the TV, stadium exactly. actually. I had to sneak sneak into uh, an office here at the stadium. Ooh, okay, well, I appreciate you extra much, Eddie. Listen, our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal, has the Bombers favored by three. I got a question for you, because you've played in the Grey Cups and you've been through the wars. Do you think the Bombers survived their scare last week in the West Final, and they're going to come out and just smash Hamilton? Like, is this an easy prediction the Bombers are going to cover by three and win by way more than that? Or do you expect a tighter game? I expect a tighter game. 
Um, I think having those errors in the last week's game against Saskatchewan, I think Winnipeg is going to focus on the details a little bit more and they're going to be prepared. But, you know, honestly, even like I just mentioned about Ted, I think it's going to be a tight game. And uh, my opinion, and I know you're probably going to ask me, but I'm I'm rolling with Hamilton. I I think Hamilton's going to come out. And I think not only is the energy going to be there because it's a great cup at home and that is such a rarity to be able to do that, to play and to win it at home in front of your fan base, but it's a revenge game too because they played in the Grey Cup in 2019, um, got smacked around pretty good, and I know that taste is still in the guys' mouths. So, yeah, it's. It, I think Hamilton is really going to come out inspired and fired up, and it's going to be a, a heck of a ball game. Buddy, we could go on for an hour about this, but Winnipeg is the better team. So you think chip-on-the-shoulder attitude can, can turn the tide is what you're telling me. Yeah, it, it certainly can. And we're not talking about a hockey series, a, an NBA playoff series where it's seven games. It's one game, winner take all. And you never know in football. That's the beautiful thing about football. Winnipeg, chances are they're not going to go out and have six turnovers. But what if they have three turnovers? Hamilton, they're paid to make plays as well, too. And they're no slouches. They're in the game for a reason. Didn't have a dominant season like Winnipeg, but these guys are in this game for a reason. And it's a one-game winner-take-all, and <laughs> that's the thing about football is you never know who shows up that day. Oh, that's why we love it. Hey, what's the one thing about the media that you, um, whether it's this role or at Chad, that you didn't expect and are enjoying the most? Honestly, the camaraderie. Um, amongst other media members i i had no idea it was like that uh from the player's point of view i always thought it might be some something like kind of clicky and kind of catty amongst the different guys because you're all trying to get content and you know write and make stories uh but it, the guys have been really welcoming and um they've been pretty accepting and open to me and it's been nice just getting to meet and see people because uh, uh you know being around as long as i had you read the articles and you you know the names, but to actually you know put faces to the names and meet guys in person, it's been pretty interesting. So yeah, it's been an awesome opportunity and experience. I hope it continues. Give my best to Arash. Enjoy the game, bud. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Enjoy Sports Florida. Ed, Eddie's I am Eddie Steele, Great Cup champion. Got a sports update and taco time viewer takeover coming up next. You're watching the RP show daytime sports talk on game plus television, YouTube live and 24 hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. It's the RP Show time for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. And just before we jump into that, a sports update. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young is the Associated Press College Football Player of the Year, giving the Crimson Tide their second consecutive winner. This is not the Heisman, by the way, but Bryce received 42 of 53 first-place votes to easily finish ahead of Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson for the award. Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett was third. Alabama linebacker Will Anderson Jr. was fourth, and OSU quarterback C.J. Stroud was fifth. 
Young, Hutchinson, Pickett, and Stroud are the finalists for the Heisman, which will be presented Saturday night in New York. A sophomore and first-year starter, Bryce Young passed for 4,322 yards and 43 touchdowns, leading the tide to the Southeastern Conference Championship and the number one seed in the college football playoff. They will face number four Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl New Year's Eve. By the way, I was looking for tickets at the Orange for the Orange Bowl. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, starting at $500. Starting at $500 U.S. for a nosebleeder at Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks will try to extend their win streak to three games tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. It's one of seven games on the NHL slate. The league's Board of Governors, meanwhile, continues to meet in Florida today. Plans for the 2022 Beijing Olympics are on today's agenda. So you're going to want to be following that. The Toronto Raptors are set to return to the NBA hard court tonight against New York. One day after canceling a team president, uh, sorry, team practice, team president Masai Ujiri announced Thursday night that he tested positive for COVID. Former NFL wide receiver Demarius Thomas is dead at age 33. Police near Atlanta say DT was found dead in his home last night. His family believes he died from a seizure. Foul play is not suspected. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now for the Tap Brewhouse and Drive Through Liquor Store, where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL game put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. To the text line, the 902 text line, we got a million here. Allie Hicks writes in. She says, Happy CFL Grey Cup weekend, football Friday, everyone. I'm cheering for Hamilton, hoping they win it for their home crowd. Hope Tom Hanks, Martin Short, and their families will be there like they were in 2013 in Sask. She's watching from Hawaii. Mark Zosel from Melfort, where they do the Melfort Shuffle. He writes in and he says, Randy Ambrosi says CFL owners agree to revenue sharing. Why should a community-owned team in Saskatchewan share revenue with Toronto and Bell Media? Mark, I'm just going to let you get that off your chest. I'm not even going to explain it. Would it help to just say, because that's the way it is? Would it help? We'll get into that next hour with the sports doctor when he joins us. Ward in Winnipeg watching says, uh, one minute, last minute of play in hour one, I'm told. From Ward in Winnipeg, happy Friday, Rod and Moose. I get more enjoyment listening to a squirrel eat nuts than listening to the so-called CFL commissioner, Go Bombers. Grant in Kelowna says, now that Jim Rutherford's been announced as Vancouver's president, who should they look to and who is available to be a GM? Rutherford is the GM, right? Rutherford's going to be the GM. He says, also let Moose know I think the ladies might miss the mustache. And Craig in Calgary, regarding how you've been treated on the, as uh, if you cheer for the visiting team in a venue, he says, Craig in Calgary says, I've always been treated well as an opposing fan, even when I'm wearing a jersey, mainly because I'm not a jerk. I don't taunt or cheer too loudly beyond some clapping. There you go. There's the how-to to go into a visitor's arena and not get beat up. Sports Doctor and James Duffy next hour coming up here on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.